Yeah, it's a, it's early, Dave. <laughs> it is. It Come sure on. is. Oh my god. Early Can I just thank you though for at least it's kept me away from the my weekly dose of rage by watching Ma. So that. <laughs> Oh, Listen, just, that's good. That's it's your first mistake good. right there. podcast where we try the truly awesome task of stitching together an RPG from the body parts of other role-playing games chosen by a group of RPG enthusiasts with the sole intention of attempting to make the ultimate role-playing game. This episode we look at the topics of characteristics and investigation and in typical fashion the pod takes another unexpectedly educational turn and genuinely flies in the face of all presentation with a completely artistic and beautiful 80-page PowerPoint exposition very slowly cranked through by our creaking, steam-driven computer, Shallow Thought, and an overhead projector that has seen better days. We also get to peek into the awesome green-leathered upholstered library of RPGs of kingofdungeons.cowie.hrh. Before we start, though, we do need to make the usual apologies to a section of the community who will be genuinely furious at us this week. Pendragon fans and Sam, we're looking at you here. And yes, we're still sorry that we didn't include Traveller in character generation as well. Honestly. Hopefully we won't alienate any more of our core listenership this time, although Merp fans, you might want to skip the middle bits. Anyway, here we go. Once for yes, twice for oh, no. How about that? Can you hear me now? Yes. Yes, yes. we can. Faintly, but you're... You are quite quiet, though. Well, well that's yeah, because it's over it's here because I keep forgetting that if you've got a microphone, you have to be somewhere near it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's almost like sound is a is a physical thing. Well, I mean, I, I don't want to intimidate you guys and make you feel that you're dealing with a professional. But... <laughs> it's all right, Doc. I, ne- I never thought that. It's it's a voice that should be introducing records late at night. Exactly. <laughs> Here's yeah. one for all you OSR lovers out there. <laughs> Neil. The, uh... Yeah, Neil, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Three times a lady. <laughs> so, uh, are we are we okay? Are we ready to go? I think so. Yeah, I think so. Well, thank you. Good. Listen, uh, Welcome to uh, episode three of Frankenstein's RPG podcast, uh, and thank you very much indeed for coming and, and making <laughs> making the uh, the long journey to your living room but on on a very very early Sunday morning, for which I'm extremely appreciative. Thank you. Um, and I'll, I'll, all I'll do at the first instance is, is just ask you if you could to introduce yourself with appropriate Twitter handles, blogs, podcasts, and so on. And uh, Martin, if I can come to you first. Uh, yeah, uh, hi everybody. Uh, I'm Martin. On you can get me on mcookie123 on Twitter. Thanks. Okay. 
Hi, I'm Kay, and you can get me on initial K underscore zero on Twitter. Lovely. Thanks, Kay. And finally, uh, Doc, Andrew. Last and least, um, uh, uh, Doc, um, at Dr. A. Cowie on Twitter. Lovely. Thank you. So, in fact, actually, I, th I thought your Twitter handle was Drakowie for I quite know some time. But people do say it is better. Um, Drakowie. Uh, maybe we can just retake that when I say it's that, Drakowie that make you... on Twitter. Yeah, it, makes, it makes you sound cool. Wow. If I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to change my actual name to Drakowie. I'm, I'm as surprised as you, Doc, but it does. Yeah. <laughs> Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Passive Aggressive FM. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>so uh, for the benefit of, of those listeners coming to us a uh, first time off obviously with the frankenstein's rpg what we're trying to do is we're trying to build this sort of monstrous game out of the, the best parts of other games and we build that up over a period of time with lots of experts uh, such as Kay martin and, and doc here today um and we bring together and again i think i'm going to be held to task over saying experts but there we are uh but what we do is we bring together all the disparate elements of a game all the things that when you look at the front cover or the first sort of introductory pages of an RPG, it sets out combat and characteristics and you know, operation in the tactical environment. And then all we do is we, we try and steal bits of those in order to make one, one game. So very, very brief recap. We've done character generation. That's going to be nominally a Call of Cthulhu distribution from a sort of a start base number. Social contracts coming from the one ring, and that's the extended test model, which... Uh, uh, Neil argued for, I think, in the first instance. Magic is Maelstrom, uh, no great surprise. Uh, I've shoehorned that in clearly. And initiative is going to come from uh, the 2D20 system, which was Dirk the Dice putting that one forward. So today we're looking at uh, characteristics uh, and also investigation is the second topic that we'll cover. I have to say uh, the, the standard of presentation uh, for this episode is is absolutely out of this world, uh, but we'll come on to that very shortly. Uh, as you've been here before, Martin, if I could ask you, please, uh, characteristics, uh, your your sort of thoughts on on characteristics, and this, you know, and we've talked about this on on and off air. Uh, it, it, it's a very very broad ranging topic, uh, and one that's not going to be easy to solve, I suspect. So, Martin, where, where, what's yeah. your thinking? Well, well, I, I rather think, uh, Dave, that when I started writing, some, jotting some thoughts down, I thought, oh, I, you know what, I might know a little bit about this. But then uh, I saw Kay's uh, contribution, and I realised now that I, I am in the leaky rowboat of knowledge on the great sea. Whereas I, I, I think, I think only calling it a contribution is underselling. I, it's, I, think... it's, I, I prefer the term magnum opus. <laughs> It's it's a contribution in the same way that the atomic bomb is quite loud. Uh, <laughs> Very true. So, but I, I will press on regardless in my little leaky rowboat on the sea of knowledge, while the great Cleopatra's barge of Kay's knowledge comes, <laughs> comes past. Mm -hmm. um, so. I do think this is going to be difficult because I kept running up against the same thing again and again, which is uh, are really intrinsically linked to the setting. Um, mm. So, for example, and I know it's I know it's a niche interest, but uh, the noir role playing game, 
which I will name check by Asheron. Archon, Ooh. sorry, or Archon potentially. That's a real old okay. school um, classic. Uh, so that that very much ties its characteristics to its setting. So it's a noir, obviously it's a noir game, 1950s noir films. So you don't have strength, you have kind of muscle. You don't have uh, okay. constitution, you have guts. Uh, and You don't have charisma, you have moxie. And I okay. kind of really like that. So, but of course, then that that then that's why it's going to be difficult to solve. Is that we then have to think about this system and whether it's going to be generic or setting specific, and then we get into all sorts of bother at that point. Mm. So, what I'm going to do in the time honoured <laughs> asked a question on the podcast is is say both yes and no. So, I think what I think the the general the classic seven stats mm -hmm. uh, is as good a model as any. I like the fact that then maybe you have a generic seven stats or generic number of stats and you can then like skip reskin them for every setting you want uh -huh. with a perfect compromise. So you could reskin strength as muscle, you could reskin re re charisma as moxie, depending mm -hmm. on where you see the system operating in. Uh, I know, Doc, I mean, it was hard. So I, I did have a run through. And basically, uh, if you're looking for a game which has a stat as in an attribute, mm -hmm. uh, you can range from 12, chivalry and sorcery, uh, down to four seems the, uh, oh, I see. Well, obviously, Doc and his, ex his extensive library can correct me, but for my, for my minuscule library, uh, chivalry and sorcery is up there with 12. And then the yeah. minimum, well, Nibiru, which uh, I cruelly maligned last time. Uh, <laughs> when I eventually found the characteristics, because Nibiru doesn't do anything as traditional as have an index, because okay. that wouldn't be, that would, it, we found out that there was just, it basically boils it all down to mind and body, which, okay. again, okay. that's, but I, I, something in the middle, which you can reskin. There you go. Okay. So would you, would you sort of care to land on, it doesn't, a game then somewhere between 12 and 4 okay. a game i liked yeah so somewhere like uh, everywhere in avarsen with four seems okay to me um mm -hmm. but then uh, my brp dna also goes that way as well it goes more towards kind of having seven but i think let's go let's go with everywhere with four because that's quite that's quite nice <clears throat> And, and 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 actually, it is another one of those systems where uh, every single time we've had conversations about anything, everyone barbarians of Lemuria, obviously similar or well, same system really, uh, always gets a mention. So you sort of think there's a sort of sweet spot for a game if you wanted to replace it with them. Maybe that's where we should be looking. But okay, so everyone well done getting chivalry and sorcery in there, and clearly. Uh, the reputation of Nibiru has, has been has been pulled back in line. Okay, so every when you're looking at with, it, it's sort of four, and then it goes to four. Is it skills or traits or something like that? I think isn't it? I, I think attributes yeah. okay. is the word I would use. So we may we may eschew characteristics and go for attributes, right? Uh, I'm wondering whether we go to. Uh, I think we'll leave Cleopatra's barge until last because clearly everybody's going to get shot out of the water. Euphemism, ahoy. Uh, Doc, uh, characteristics or, or rather attributes. Uh, where are we going? What, I mean, if we've changed the name right now, I'm in trouble. Um, 
I mean, obviously, <laughs> I mean, if K is Cleopatra's barge and Martin, who likes reading legal texts for fun, is a leaky rowboat, I'm obviously a squid <laughs> who's just going to shout out a lot of things like a big cloud of ink and then disappear looking embarrassed. Um, uh, the, I, uh, uh, obviously, I'm the underdog here. And uh, like, like underprepared teens everywhere, I'd like to start by saying Wikipedia defines characteristics as <laughs> a feature or quality belonging typically to a person and serving to identify them. I mean, I don't, okay. I don't think about it. This is a big issue. I mean, you know. Sorry. So it, how does it define attributes, though, which is where we well, clearly that, That's a fascinating question, Dave. And I'd like uh, <laughs> to spend a couple of minutes just saying nothing at all while typing surreptitiously with my left hand. Um, uh, uh, I, it, it, it well, becomes super difficult. You, I mean, as we talked about skills, traits, you know, when is something a characteristic? When is something a skill? Mm. Um, you know, is your attack bonus in D&D a skill? Um, uh, or an attribute, whereas in hero, your offensive combat value is clearly a, a characteristic. And I mean, we can definitely mm -hmm. get bogged down on this until K answers it uh, uh, definitively. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I, I started by thinking that, you know, given the fact that you've got a lot of episodes to do, Dave, I thought you might want to break it down and have different things for skills and traits and attributes and characteristics. Mm. Um, uh, whereas, you know, that that, that 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 implies a level of thought which is 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 well beyond both this podcast and me well, but, but well, i mean you. you know that, <laughs> just to be clear why my contribution is so rubbish was because uh, i had a very narrow focus just so we all understand that so i went with sort of numerical stats rather than aspects or mm. you know um i tended to sort of focus on things that were largely unchanging you know part of your starting character um mm -hmm. you know is alignment for instance a characteristic uh -huh. i mean it's sort of you know it's typical of how you are anyway it's it's all very difficult um uh, the um i did start off making a graph because obviously that's like entry level <laughs> at this and i had a great list of 100 odds you know um uh, uh systems with the number of characteristics mm -hmm. they have uh cyberpunk for instance has 20 uh you know hero mm. has 17 uh diana warrior princess has 60. I, I i don't mention these things just to make martin look ridiculous um <laughs> uh, you know i just thought people might be interested to know about this um but the um but then you come up with a whole bunch of them that didn't really fit in with having mm. any characteristics you know uh, mm. castle falkenstein hero quest fate um uh the original maelstrom uh, from politically incorrect games in 1997, David. Um, uh, uh, mm -hmm. um, no characteristics <laughs> at all. Um, so, um, uh, mm -hmm. so the graph ended up looking pretty ridiculous. Um, uh, so, I think uh, my plan was to throw out a bunch of questions, then mm -hmm. hide while Kay took over. The end. Okay. <laughs> it's a plan. Mm -hmm. Because uh, once you don't ask follow-up questions, it can't go wrong. <laughs> okay. Unfortunately, it has one minor hole, which is I'm going to have to say, so from your vast research and, and from the great library O king of dungeons, uh, if you had to land on one where you possibly where you feel most comfortable, maybe, what, what would that be? Which, which game do you think best sort of handles this idea of how do you define a character? Well, I, obviously, I'm still going to prevaricate because my original one was 
very similar to Martin's in that, yes, I mean, where, where do I feel most comfortable? I mean, the, the original six or seven from D&D or RuneQuest and, you know, the redefinition, which is so common, the reskinning, I think is, is a brilliant uh -huh. um, extra idea by Martin, because I think if you do that, then it works really well. Um, but honestly, yes. you know, having everything that I've said, I when I was trying to define a character, looking at the Wikipedia entrance, you know, if I was going to try and make this a coherent argument, um, you know, why don't I, I'll try and make it coherent. When you're trying to describe features or qualities that serve to identify them, I actually really came down with something like Hero Quest or Quest World, where it's, you know, you've got a list of attributes, aspects of your character, you know, like a bit like fate for people who are looking quizzical. Um, uh, you know, you just, you know, you describe a bunch of aspects, keywords, things about your character that defines them. Um, uh, mm -hmm. There's not a specific number, just in the same way individuals don't necessarily have, you know, a certain number of things that define them as a person. Um, mm -hmm. And so I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to go with Hero Quest slash Quest Worlds, because I think that mostly messes up the Frankenstein game as much as possible. I'm, do you know what? I, 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 perfect sense has been spoken already. Really has. I've got. I've just got this hankering for uh, for doing something a bit weird, um, and uh, I quite like. And I've been reading Alien very recently, and it's the dice pool thing, uh, and and that really works best when it's it's also a, a little bit more structured. When you start everywhere, I think is an absolutely brilliant shout. Hero Quest. I'm not too familiar with Hero Quest, so, uh, but I, I get the idea of the definition by attribute and keyword and so on. I'm, I'm kind of going to go, I think, though, with that sort of free ligan bit of point distribution across four characteristics again. Uh, I, I find myself sort of moving very, very close to, uh, to, to Martin. And actually, when you think about Merp is another one that I really, I really like and played quite a bit recently. And apart from the fact that, you know, there's crunch all over the place. Again, it's got those sort of, uh, you, you, you do have this random element. So you roll D100 for each of the characteristics. And it is, broadly speaking, it's the same six, seven characteristics. It, slight, slightly renamed. Um, but you roll percentile dice. But all it does is, is create a modifier. Now, with the character, you know, so you end up with a plus 10, plus 5, plus 25, whatever it might be. Uh, and, and with one eye on the character generation system that we've got in place, which is that sort of point distribution for skills from those base numbers, I think, you know, I'm, I'm going to, I'm actually, I'm going to change my mind. I'm going with Merp. I'm going with Merp, D100 rolls, cross seven. To, to come up with a bonus don't 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 quietly laugh at me like that no, it's, I, I, it's, I it's admiration you're hearing it. dave <laughs> it, 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 it's smirks <laughs> of admiration for, for those for those for, for the listener clearly you can't see uh what was what actually we've, we've got to we've got google meet of it the v signs i was just being flipped at. No, <laughs> there are seven characteristics in there it wasn't the v sign it was five and two mm. Oh. Extraordinary. I've, I've never seen that numbers expressed quite like that, David Fingers. <laughs> <laughs> however, however, let's uh, let's clear the decks now because okay. uh, we are we are a, a debut masterclass. I think is coming. Uh, okay, uh, hand over to you. Floor is now yours to wipe us all over with. Well, suddenly, I feel like I'm at work. Um, <laughs> <and I> go, <laughs> ah. <laughs> 
Hi, everyone. Have you done the reading I asked you to do? No, of course you haven't. Let me just get the opening slide on now. Uh, yeah. Uh, God, yeah. Well, I did. I did what I do for a living, uh, which is really stupid because I'm off sick at the moment. So I did, you know, oh. it was like busman's holiday. Um, but I just couldn't help it. Mostly the reason why I did this is because I wanted to work it out in my own mind. Because yeah. like like Doc and like Martin and like yourself, Dave, I was wondering, you know, you know, what, what do we mean by characteristics? Do we mean attributes? Do we mean things like abilities and skills and all of those other things? And yeah. how many are there? And so I did very much what Doc did, except that I did that with about, I don't know, 10, 10% of the amount of um, sources that he had <laughs> and yet drew 400 times larger conclusions from it. Um, so, yeah, I would say that this is... And, and and then I had to go and backtrack and add about four pages to this PowerPoint uh, saying, this is just my opinion, man. Um, <laughs> but but the thing is, but the thing is, though, where you, where you have the sources at the end, it was a really good, there's a big breadth of, of games in there that, you know, tackle the same thing in, in different ways, I think. Don't? Yeah, and, and and that was that's what I really wanted to do. And the beauty was that I keep a, um, a one-note notebook of mm. all of my games anyway so it was really really easy for me to just go and plow through all of these character sheets see what was on there and uh and, and sort of you know get to the core rule books if i wanted to because i've got them all embedded in there as pdfs and okay. so it was uh it was a very quick way of you know being able to do a search and and this is where me being a phd student comes in because i was like ah yes i can tag all of this and i can get this information quite quickly but at the <laughs> same time you know i know what we're like and uh and everyone's gonna be okay you're cherry picking you're comparing apples and oranges and other fruit-based metaphors and and <laughs> i guess i kind of was at the time but what i really wanted to do was just to like you say look at this really wide breadth of what was out there and try and find ways of boiling all that information down into something that was consistent and a bit of a system uh, mm -hmm. so i'm sort of system systemizing the system if you like mm -hmm. and um and so what i came up with was everything that went from and it's really great actually that martin was talking about you know doing the numbers of between four and 12 different attributes um, yeah. and i was looking as well at, you know this this uh, i think the the most interesting system i looked at was roll for shoes because of course the whole point of roll for, <laughs> roll for shoes is that you have one category or rather no categories do whatevs and uh, and so that was quite interesting because that's one and infinity so so that's like as simple as you want and as complex as you want where do we want to go from this so obviously that didn't help but then I was looking at stuff, particularly because we're looking at uh, investigation in this uh, in this particular uh, episode as well. Yeah. I thought, yeah. well, let's have a look at some some good systems that have investigation in, like Gumshoe, obviously, and uh, and then yeah. the storyteller system from World of Darkness because I played a lot of Vampire and I know that really well. Mm. So I could I could un unpick those a little bit, and the numbers came out the same in that you know you have your sort of unilaterals like your your um, roll for shoes and then you have your kind of binary systems like D and D, where it is physical and mental mm -hmm. so it doesn't matter how many attributes you have they're generally physical ones or mental ones and it was yeah. really nice to see um uh i think it was martin talk about mind and body you mm -hmm. know because that's what it is mind body physical mental same thing so so these wonderful overarching things were there and then you can go into as much detail as you like and that's of course where the nub is for our franken Frankenstein game is how, mm. how detailed do we want to go and and of course now we've already had the the number four thrown at us and I was thinking well what's what's a system that we've got with with kind of sort of four 
for actual attributes and none of the systems I looked at had that few attributes but they did have kind of categories so four different categories and the one that is I guess easiest is the gumshoe one which mm -hmm. has uh, general technical academic and interpersonal yeah um, so from those you've got essentially uh, physical mental social which is another one of the sort of big three the sort of th the, the the three-way the trinary system that i really like from vampire where yep. you have physical mental social and then they've just added a general on there and i like the general one because i think we're going to use that later for investigation because you're going to mm -hmm. have to be of some use otherwise you just end up being this you know especially if we're doing points distribution uh, dice pool kind of stuff rather than necessarily rolling is that you can end up spreading your dice rolls sorry your your points too thin and you become mm. this wishy-washy generalist who's no good to anybody or you can also become too much of a specialist which is hilarious and uh, let's face it you know we've all played brilliant games <laughs> with one specialist who is like this glass cannon or you know does absolutely is useless in everything except for and i'm thinking very much of playing star wars here where <laughs> where andrew played this um ewok who could do nothing but throw and um <laughs> it was hilarious but he saved the day he saved the day by throwing a grenade that killed all the stormtroopers <laughs> <laughs> it's not it, and only throwing stuff. What does your character do? He yeah. throws, throws things. He throws things. Okay. He, he can't talk. He's not really got much of charisma. He's extremely <laughs> weak. He's got no particular dexterity skills or anything. But he can throw a spear and or anything that he can pick up. He can throw it in a way as to save the entire listen, party more yes, than once. Yeah. So, I was going to so, say, I was having watched John Carter of Mars last night. That's to be like John Carter's jumping, isn't it? <laughs> it really is. It really is. If you were going to, you know, actually, you know, use use the 2D20 system, um, mm. John Carter, to, to create John Carter himself, and he put it all <laughs> in jump. And possibly... <laughs> of course. Possibly of course. a slight <laughs> amount... Oh no, I've broken Dave. I was going to say possibly a slight amount of smolder, you know, uh, smolder and jump. Those are his two attributes. I've got, I've got this picture of just a mute Ewok. Okay. Literally the character. Literally yeah, the defining is, characteristics of the character. Literally, that is literally how it played out, and it was one of the most fun games I've ever played. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Well, maybe maybe we're doing it wrong. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe, we maybe all of this. One characteristic. One characteristic. <laughs> and, um, well, that's the thing is, uh, you know, it's, it's uh, and this is where we're going back to my PowerPoint because I'm a lecturer and, you know, more me, less you, um, mm. was was looking at how how you could um take these kind of umbrella terms like physical social mental or, or you know general technical yeah. interpersonal whatever and how many options it gave you to sort of spread your pool or spend your points in between them and this is where it got really complex really quickly and so the number four that martin talked about actually means that you've got six uh different um axes that you can you can choose if you're say just using two kind of areas that you'll want to balance your points with because you want a fairly balanced character mm -hmm. um with the with the trinary system like you get in vampire you've got three you know you can go physical and mental or mental and social or social and physical and that's kind of it but okay. once you get four particularly if we're using the umbrella 
um, then you can do all kinds of crazy stuff. And it was very easy for me to 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 throw some sort of loops around things and and come up with archetypes. And this is what a, a really yeah, cool sure. kind of idea was. Are we going to go archetypes or are we going to go into something that's a bit more story driven or a bit more linear in how we put our characters together? Mm. And uh, and I guess that's, you know, if we're spending dice pools, it's going to be really easy to to create an archetype that way because you don't get that random randomization. Um, Doc has a question. Sorry, no questions. Wait till the end. No, I'm, I'm not. I was just going to say, I absolutely loved your archetypes, except, well, including the fact that 80% yeah. of them were professor, grad student, and serial killer. And uh, <laughs> I just thought... It's a big, it's a big thought, Venn oh, diagram. Yeah, it's a very specific. I don't know. I don't know. I'm sure that says nothing about your characteristics, Kay. I was going to say autobiographical, absolutely. Um, but you know, I also had uh, what else? I had, I had uh, seasoned desk jockey and affable grease monkey were, were two other archetypes that I added when we got onto things like Gumshoe that came mm -hmm. out. So, uh, so it was really quick to get these archetypes like jock, uh, and then split that into three different types of archetypes because the storytelling system attributes are in a table. So you've got the mental, mental physical, social yeah. uh, across one axis, axis. And then on the other axis, they've made it into power, finesse, and resilience. And that's where you kind of finesse that archetype and make it something that's your own. And I think I'm already starting to convince myself that you know the, the vampire system is the way to go. So we're looking at three by three rather than necessarily looking at four. That's what I would advocate. And and having those those three by three means that you can look at them from one side and another and you can come up with um, just to go back to the serial killer, one, which I love. So with the serial killer as an archetype, uh, that was just using the physical, mental, social kind of triangle and then yep. looking at it with power, finesse and resilience by uh, picking two out of those other triangles. I was very quickly came up with slasher, rogue surgeon or the sort of serial widow poisoner. And, and they're, two, they're all serial killers, but they're very, very different. And it was so quick for me to come up with something that was a, a massive character hook and this, this kind of archetype that starts off as something really cheesy, oh, I'm going to be a serial killer, to, mm. oh, actually, I'm going to be something that's quirky and different and unique. And that's why I'm making the argument that we should actually be, she said, rushing to the end, um, looking at this sort of holistic process yeah. of of having this sort of three by three rather than a sort of linear build. Like you get with the really big complex stuff, you know, things like Star Trek okay. Adventures and uh, and when you get onto things like Mage as well, because that's got those extra layers on it. And then there's Earth Dawn, which I'm, is a scar that will burn in my psyche for many, <laughs> many years. I, I, I understand yeah, I that. I feel your uh, pain. <laughs> I, it, it's, it's, a, it's a horrible, horrible thing to do to try and do your own spreadsheet of that. And I think uh, Steve, uh, all Anth Rex, <laughs> was it something like 1,300 elements yeah. of, yeah, of data were, entry? 1,300 data points <laughs> on the character sheet, or should I say character yeah. book. Um, and it was, you know, more tabs than than your, your average Chrome browser window. That's, it was just Yeah, I think that's insane. true. I think that was... And when you see Steve, a man who a man who ate Merp for breakfast and delivered it at uh, conventions, reduced to tears yeah. by Earth Dawn. <laughs> <You know. laughs> it's uh, and and the thing is, I think you know, I think we'd all agree he's a, he's a phenomenal uh, GM, but 
but just to see him, I think in the end he just said, look, I can't do this anymore, didn't he? <laughs> Anyway, yeah, I, was yeah, say, I, I, I love Kay's comment about using uh, numbers and randomly generated characteristics to help stimulate your imagination. I think that's that is absolutely mm. true. That the mm. the great strength of the hero quest approach with the aspects is you can create exactly the type of character you want. It's just you know because if you're trying mm. to make a serial killer or a you know a poisoning you know uh, ex widow. Um, you can absolutely do that. You know, you can come up with five or six traits that really fit the the, the model. But sometimes, you know, uh, design is stimulated by limitations. I'm pretty sure Kay's going to give me a hard, stern look for getting that wrong in a second. But it is, though, isn't it? It's. I mean, sometimes <laughs> you are given specific limitations, and that yeah. stimulates your creation. Sometimes getting a blank sheet like you do with Hero Quest or Fate, um, play anything. What do you want to do? Actually might not work yeah yeah Mark, yeah i think i mean i think uh doc's absolutely right i think another <laughs> another thing i a problem here i got was in this in this one was uh the, looking at my notes was that i was having to be quite careful about what's character generation which we've already discussed um and what's attributes and i think doc kind of sums it up there you kind of you end up with a foot in both mm. camps so one of the things i was trying to work with is should a characteristic or an attribute have a game mechanic impact so it should it be a mechanical thing as well as a descriptive thing now i know hero quest kind of again mm -hmm. foot in both camps um for that but so for me i think characteristics has to be a has to have some mechanical impact which is why the merp thing dave mm -hmm. it, you're going through all that rigmarole to get a modifier well just roll the modifier i mean you know <laughs> oh. i know i know but there's so much fun to get to the modifier, though. <laughs> you could even on, say, sorry. and uh, please, Orlant, forgive me. You could even say, to some extent, RuneQuest does that in that you know you're you're looking at your stats to give you modifiers in different categories. I mean, they they do have more of a mm -hmm. mechanical impact than that, I know. But so, and there are, obviously there are some settings which just dispense with the traditional like attribute thing altogether. I've, yep. You know, I've got like Spire and Heart um, and Aegon, uh, you know, Gumshoe to some extent, Blades in the Dark. You know, you, you don't find a strength and a con and a size. So, you know, they've decided, you know, that design uses skills more as how you define your character than attribute. So, mm. you know, that, that would be a, Another option would be just to say, right, you know what, we don't need, we don't need <clears throat> into 14. Um, you know, really mm -hmm. what we want to know is how good they are at picking locks and reading scrolls. It, do you know, it is interesting because, again, uh, another game that I keep championing all over the place uh, is, is Liminal. And, and Liminal is absolutely skills as stats. There's no, you know, it's, you have a, a point distribution and you, you put those points into it. I don't know, it just seemed because you could almost combine both Doc your point and Kay's point, which is about being able to create sort of archetypes from from broader sort of character characteristics, and you you have so you have the the charm with strength and whatever that might end up being, whether it's intimidation or something, and you could derive those from those bo those sort of nine boxes, the three by three mm. boxes for the vampire masquerade, and and if you do like you do in Merp. I'm not going to let it go. Uh, you can you can roll 
and and then distribute those roles amongst those nine categories. So there you'd have the best of sort of both worlds, which is where you could have the, well, I've got kind of got an idea of this, and and you could actually physically insert those numbers into each of those nine boxes. Or you could do the totally random you know, and, and sort of creativity via randomness and do them in order. So the character generation method is almost, mm. but yeah. Um, I was just going to say, as well as personal characteristics, you've got quite a lot of games that describe group characteristics. I mean, I, I mean, I was expecting Kay to bring up Umlaut, um, uh, uh, the heavy metal RPG, where you have not just individual <laughs> skills but the band as a whole. Um, uh, you know, has specific things that go with it, and uh, and and quite a lot of you know other ones. You know, Hero Quest often does this for your clan. You know, you know, um, to describe you know, how your clan functions, what it does. So you can have both personal and group characteristics on top of that, just to just to throw some more squid ink in the mix. Oh, I like that. It's it's filthy, really, in terms of making it even more complex, because I was trying to, uh, getting back to your first point, Doc, about, um, you know, what is a characteristic? Is it an attribute? Is it a skill? Is it a trait? Uh, now we're talking about modifiers, you know, that we do have this kind of telescoping, uh, categorization getting down and further down and this is where D&D &D, which starts you know with that binary system of physical and mental mm -hmm. then goes down 14 different stories to the basement um, and has <laughs> you know 86,000 things oh no I've, I've blown my mind Kate <laughs> I mean, this is why you're, you know, I, I feel like, you know, it's in Goodwill. Is it Goodwill Hunting? No, what, what's the one where they all stand on the uh, chairs and chop? Dead Poets Society. Oh, Sorry, Dead Poets Society. One. This is essentially Frankenstein's Dead Poets Society, as we all worship at Kane's Academia. Well, you see, this is why I've done everything in graph form, because it's all about breadth and depth. So if we've decided that our breadth is going to be a certain certain sort of narrow thing, how deep do we want to go with it? Do we want to go multi-layer into attributes, skills, traits, modifiers? Or do we want to keep it fairly shallow in, in the, uh, the sort of almost like the gumshoe way where, you you know, you don't actually have stats. You just have a whole load of stuff and you can, you know, throw your dice or whatever or your numbers at it, however you want to. Um and, and a lot of that, I think, comes down to the system aims. Now, this is because I was like, let's let's talk holistically about system <laughs> aims here. Um, because, you know, there's at least three listeners who haven't already fallen asleep. And it's like my, my challenge <laughs> to uh, to really go and bend their heads on this one. Because it turns out I'm not a geek. I'm a nerd. And, and this is wonderful. Um, but but it's you know are, are, is our RPG going to be action driven or yeah. is it going to be story driven? Because if if we have an action driven RPG, even if it's you you, you uh, kind of schlocky or the word is at least not with me yet because it's bloody before ten o'clock on a Sunday morning. <laughs> um, but you know, are, are we going to go for that for that uh, that sort of um, uh, sort of investigation, sort of fast action investigation, or are we going mm -hmm. full on Sherlock forensically Sherlock Holmes into this? And and obviously. The answer is there is going to be a sweet spot, but what's our sweet spot? And and that's the question that yeah. I'm mm. I, I I suspect I suspect that we'll uh, because one of one actually one of the, the categories uh, which you clearly okay you're going to have to come back to we definitely need some sort of philosophical spreadsheet for that one is about purpose you know, and, and it's sort of you know. How do you run the game? It's, it's not, you know, what is a role-playing game, but it is, okay, what what kind of game evolves from this system that we've got? <laughs> and at the moment, it's 
possibly chaotic, but uh, right, we're, we're going we're to have to. We're going to have to now move towards some sort of resolution on this. So, arch archetypes. We talked about attributes. We talked about characteristics. We've talked uh, is, is the sort of the title. So, I am going to ask everybody to come in with with a vote. And, and for, actually, I'm I'm going to start with my vote first. Um, and I, I not not just because of the amount of work that's gone into it, but I really like this idea. And actually, funny enough, it sort of come from a game I don't really know very well at all, which is Vampire, v Vampire of the Masquerade, of course. But to give it <laughs> to give it its proper proper title, I, I like that three by three graph. I also am extremely appreciative of the fact that you know not only have you you know we've, we've sort of been been sort of gently mocking, I guess, but that the amount of work that you've got into to make that something that actually has, you know, I'm putting forward something that's very, very well thought out as opposed to, you know, clearly, once again, my agricultural look at role-playing games. It's, 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 it's really made, it's starting to make me think about that, all those questions that you've raised, you know, what kind of game are we wanted to produce? How would you use the game to produce something that could be varied? And, and also, one thing that we have encountered is, uh, is how do you accommodate lots of different playing styles at the table? You know, the, we talked about you know, a template of my magic missile, my, 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 my fireball spell versus, um, you know, I'm I, I, coming up with some sort of grandiose title for the spell that you're casting and really going story, story game driven. So I'm, I'm absolutely casting my vote for Ks and I'm assuming Vampire, the three by three grid is where we're going to go. And that's, that's, I, I really like that because you can generate the nine areas that you might want to put statistics in, which then drives the rest of it. So I, I'm, I'm wholeheartedly Vampire. One vote. Uh, Kay, uh, give you the, uh, the option now to blow everything out of the water you cannot vote for your own by the way okay well in that case that's really rather neat because uh what i wanted to vote for and the thing that i really liked most was martin's idea of reskinning and i think we should have that reskin option now obviously i can't vote for my three by three but if we had that grid of nine then it would be relatively easy to homebrew or to allow lots of different reskins of that particular grid and i think that would be an extremely elegant and uh, and quite a versatile way of doing this okay so essentially you have voted for yours. <laughs> <laughs> But in true in true manager fashion, I've managed to take someone else's idea, weave it into it, make the whole thing even better, and still take credit. And uh, yeah, it's it's oh, I'm on form this, today. It's it's this sort of velvet gloved Machiavellian nature that's <laughs> coming up brilliant. Martin, to academia. <laughs> Martin, uh, right. repost. Well, I think it's been really good. I mean, I, I again, I would just uh, just really admirable work by Kay in a really forensic look at this and it certainly made me really ponder how how they all interact with each other the different characters interact with each other I think it's just superb really good really good so I I'm, I'm not going to go with Merp um, <laughs> and I really, I do, justice. I've never played. So the only thing that's stopping me voting for Vampire is that I've never played it. And so I'm a little bit okay. reticent. I'm sure it's, if, if excellent people play it, it must be excellent. I think that's a, that's always a good rule of thumb. Mm -hmm. um, 
And then I don't, although I like the idea of Hero Quest in principle, I find it hard to get my head round um, in practice. Mm. So I guess, having talked all the way around the houses, it's it's going to be another vote for Vampire. Uh, okay. Now then, uh, we come to uh, Doc, King of Dungeons. Uh, I'm not going to say self-styled. Um, I think there was a was there a the, vote. There was a competition with I'm one entrance, sure. and I was second. Uh, so, okay. <laughs> hang on, hang on, King. Is wow. more of a birthright? Sorry, we're getting down to definitions vote. of this. Mm-hmm. I, I, I look forward to <laughs> yes, yes, we are. appearing in the 32-page PowerPoint presentation tomorrow. The, uh, uh, no, I, I, I <laughs> to try and make Dave's uh, job as easy as possible because uh, uh, I too was saying, mm. "Fine, I can't vote for mine." I like the the, the three by three grid, which has been reskinned in many in many examples, like DC Heroes, for instance. There, it's more physical, mental, mystical. So the res- mm. you know, uh, so taking Martin's reskinning plan um, and uh, mm-hmm. vampires three by three grid. To give you, you know, a degree of depth and structure to mm-hmm. your characteristics, uh, I'd like to vote for that, Dave. And uh, feel free to put that down on your scoreboard wherever that lands. So everything except Merp. I'm voting Super. for everything. I'm, except I am. Merp. <laughs> <laughs> it's this. This is this is something I'm 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 going increasingly used to. And and you, you can see I've got the the highlighter of doom. Uh, for my for my notebook here, and I've ha- highlighted because it has uh, three votes to one. Uh, vampire, uh, that sort of vampire three by three grid, but but actually, it's it's essentially we all know that it's uh, it's K's uh, characteristic stroke mm. attribute uh, yeah, system. Beautiful. Well done! I, I, absolutely outstanding. A, a quick round Definitely. of applause there, without a doubt. Brilliant! Yeah. Thank you, thank you, guys. So, uh, without any sort of further ado, then. Uh, we're looking at uh, investigation. Uh, investigation. Uh, the, the, the purpose behind looking at this really was, uh, I think it, it's come up in a number of different uh, fora, forums, places, uh, where it, it's been, and, and funny, I think actually funny enough, I think Chris uh, talked about it with regard to uh, initiative. It, it's one of these things that can be an absolute break in the game uh, investigation and as you said earlier on Kay as well referencing your idea of looking at well where's the game going what what are we doing it, because it is such a big part of role playing whether it is trying to uh, spot a hidden trap or it is uh, getting down to the library to look at the mystical texts in in the forbidden section and finding the right piece of information uh, it's it's sort of how do you handle investigatory aspects of RPGs, which, you know, as I said, puzzles right the way through to, you know, mental arithmetic and so on, you know, in terms of solving clues. So um, if we go in, in reverse order this time, if that's okay. Uh, so, okay, at investigation, what do you think, how, who does it well? Uh, alternatively, who does it very badly? And we're not going to go there, but who, what's your, what do you think would be your system that you believe does investigation well oh this is this is an easy one for me because uh, with investigation games it's either going to have to be the call of cthulhu 
kind of you know where you, where you and again this comes down to your skills or your attributes or whatever but those mm -hmm. th those kind of roles uh but also i really like the the point spend system of gumshoe and in particular the mechanic of preparedness where you can go back and and spend a point here and there you know and and i guess preparedness you know you can have that or you could have something like look it doesn't doesn't really matter whether you can spend a point here and there to have prepared things that you hadn't thought of before because that that whole kind of journey and it's such an overused word at the moment but that that journey of, of finding things out and exploration and then having that awful moment of oh god i really should have thought of this and, mm. and the fact that a lot of the games that we play in in my group and particularly anything with all is that we'll have x amount of points to spend in character creation and we'll always keep a couple behind keep a couple back for i wish i'd thought of this earlier and <laughs> and then you can sort of pop that in there and it's that kind of thing is that the, the the retcon if you like i think that's that's a, a mechanic that i really really would like to see however we do it but you know there's that simplicity of call of cthulhu um where, where you've got where you've got you know the sort of di difficulty or the skill level mm. um or, or even going back to vampire just like the idea of opposed roles um okay. whether it's opposing a, a difficulty or, or you've actually got an antagonist and you're having to to work uh, to work against them um but yeah i think that oh, I'm, I'm quite egalitarian with all of these but i'd probably have to go with <laughs> just because of the okay. whole preparedness thing um, okay, so so just it's, it's on on that now, and, and also, funnily enough, in quite a few of the other areas that we've spoken about, particularly things like uh, social contract and also initiative. Well, the other thing we're going to have to do is have some sort of whether it's fate points or you know uh, sto story points. I think some some couple of games call them as well. We're going to have to have, bring something in there. That's going to be another sort of uh, aspect uh, of, a, of another show. Okay, so so of those ones that you've talked about, Gumshoe is really is your man. That's yep. the one you're going to have a... Have a yeah. I, I should at this stage... Uh, I, I did start a spreadsheet, but actually came up with, with only one thing, which was... Uh, <laughs> will we actually do anything other than, other than Gumshoe? Uh, I, I suggest Doc's probably going to be somebody who's going wow. to come up with something uh, absolutely fantastic. Not to set you up. I just failed my role. Yeah. Are we going to go with Gumshoe or not? Um, and that it was—it's almost binary. And it was. Yeah. And, I, and so I was really interested to think, you know, why is that? And that's because Gumshoe is the game that actually sits down and describes a problem in role-playing games and comes up with a specific mechanical solution for it. Because lots of games, um, you know, mm. um, I, I mean, I, I, I broke this down into two bits. Info gathering, i.e. gathering information about the world and info, uh, information yep. processing, drawing conclusions from this. And it's really interesting looking at superhero oh. games for this because, um, you know, things like Dungeons & Dragons have mechanisms for making, you know, geeks able to punch out orcs in a single blow but it's much more difficult to make geeks you know solve problems like batman how do you do that um uh, you know it seems and you go back mm. to the osr and things like that anything to do with investigation was on you it was you know um your brain had to solve it um and i think that is one of the big problems how do you 
you know, how do you allow someone to play Batman who isn't Batman? And so all the hero, you know, all the heroic games look at this. DC heroes have got, the, you know, the detective thing. It's absolutely brilliant the way they go about that. You know, the way, you know, it suggests giving information based on your detective mm -hmm. skill. Um, hero, hero tends to do it by more traditional skills, but has got some brilliant advice about how to do it. Um, uh, so, you know, it is mm -hmm. a, it's a problem. Um, why do we want, you know, what's the whole point about investigation? What are we looking for? And, you know, what Robin Laws would say is, you know, you're often, you know, you want them to know this stuff. You know, it either tells them cool background about the world or um, uh, lets them gain stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, D&D &D is full of, um, uh, you know, really complicated ways that if you solve all these tricky little problems and cast the right spells, you get a, you know, a ring of earth elemental control or something, which you wouldn't have got if you hadn't done all this investigation. So that will give specific mm. benefits. Mm. Um, but in fact, in so many games, the prize you get from successful investigation is being able to continue playing the game. Yeah. And that is clearly a problem. Um, mm. uh, you know, as anyone who's played Call of Cthulhu, um, and being offered your 17th library use role. Um, <laughs> okay, what if you go to a different <laughs> library? Um, uh, you know, because, because <laughs> I love the game to keep going, and, you know, how do you do it? So, you know, you've got, you, you've got the, the, the famous Alexandrian 3-2 rule that, you know, you yeah. always, you know, the whole point is that um, anything that you care about, any clue that you care about, give three clues um, uh, because, you know, it is absolutely certain that the, uh, the PC simply will not pick up on one or two. And plus, you know, when you're the GM, things mm -hmm. that are completely obvious to you are due to the lack of telepathy, um, uh, uh, you know, among <laughs> most players, they might not quite <laughs> see it the same way you do and completely miss it. So what do you do about that? Is great. Yeah, I think... It's interesting, and in reference to uh, the part about social contracts, I think actually, Martin, it was you that said this, you know, the player with the best actual real-life social skills tends then to dominate that sort of particular area. So as you quite rightly say, you know, the, the player who has that sort of slightly more analytical bent probably does slightly better, <laughs> and then you randomise the role, and they fail anyway. But, okay, so so which, which one, which of those sorts of well, systems, because you touched on quite a few, which one are you going to go with? If I'd been first, I would have said just, just to annoy everyone else. But as it's not, I'm going to go with DC Heroes, um, yeah. uh, because it's, the old, it's an alternative approach. Yeah, okay. Of course, the thing is, if everybody nominated Gumshoe, uh, none of us could vote for it. So, <laughs> so we would end up with Call of Cthulhu. <laughs> Martin, uh, okay. sorry. Um, so, uh, like cards on the table, I contributed to All Anthrex's Gaming Vexes on investigation, uh, investigation scenarios. Okay. I think, first of all, I'm glad you broadened it out because my view, I think, I think all scenarios are investigative uh, at, to some level. Whether it's what are the go what are the goblins up to? What's behind that Bold door? Uh, what's in the abandoned freighter? Who shot JFK? Whatever. I mean, you know, your all scenarios have an element of investigation. So it's it, whatever, whatever background, whatever whatever setting you need it. So I like Gumshoe, obviously. So I'm running for the Delta Green, and and running Gumshoe really mm -hmm. flipped my switch, as it were, in terms of how I how I deliver investigative scenarios. Because in Call of Cthulhu, because it's a skill rule, essentially you're putting the clue behind a door. 
and that door might be labeled library use or French or you know archaeology but it's that's what you're basically doing whereas Gumshoe says come on in browse mm -hmm. around uh, only, only what you're telling them to do is come on and browse around in a library like docs where there's just so much and so what I do and, and, and apologies okay. to Kay we, we play full of Dr. Green um, I basically hose down my players with information until they're sort of soaking wet and then say right go go away and go away and sort that out mm -hmm. um, and, and and it was only because of running Gumshoe that I, I made that change I think now, I don't think the Cthulhu and Gumshoe are mutually yeah. exclusive. And I think Delta Green, like they're not fall off, but the, the kind of Delta Green does a job of saying, well, look, if somebody's got spot hidden of 60% and they walk into a room, they're going to spot the obvious stuff. So that's the kind of hybrid sort of system. Yeah. So you're still using percentile, but you're basically saying, look, 90% library use, you know, unless, unless it's the arcane, the most arcane of arcane tomes, they're going to find it. So I think there's a you can finesse that system a bit. Having said all that, and in the interest yeah. of variety, I'm so glad uh, Doc raised DC heroes because I am going to see your DC heroes and I'm going to raise you uh, Squadron UK or Golden <laughs> Heroes. Um, and what what I like about the way they do mm. or Simon. Uh, Burley does investigative skills, is that he links it very explicitly to your campaign, what he calls the campaign ratings, basically. So your campaign ratings are how you are as a hero. Are you are you Captain America? Everyone loves you. Okay. You're gonna and so you basically just stand there and people come up to you and give you information. Uh or are you Batman? And so you're a sullen bugger and okay. no one can find you when they want you. Um so you're not gonna get your information through public presence. But you might get your information through one of the other campaign ratings, which is sleuthing. And what I like about the campaign ratings is you don't roll for them, you earn them. So after the first scenario, you say, right, well, you know, your character did a whole bunch of sleuthing around that. So I'm going to bump your campaign rating up. You have a discussion with the players. Whereas you say, so, you know, you save that bus full of orphan terrapins. Mm. Uh, your public your public profile now is really high. People love you, so you're more likely to get tips about things that are going on in the city. And so it's really linked to the campaign that you're running. Mm. Your, your, how much, how easy it is for you to find information links with some of the stuff you've already done. And I quite like that. So I am going to put a bid in for uh, Golden Heroes slash Squadron UK um, and the campaign ratings. That's, I think that's a great suggestion. Really good. Uh, as I said, my spreadsheet essentially had, uh, will we do anything but the gumshoe mechanic on it? So uh, I, 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 I'm, you'd be very happy to, to hear, I'm not going to say merp uh, to this. <laughs> I, I don't know that it works in every area. That is a bold claim, Dave. <laughs> but... I find investigation, investigation-heavy games, actually puts a bigger workload on the GM sometimes than it does on on the players. And actually, when when I've run sort of heavily investigative, and the most recent one was Down Darker Trails, uh, it, it, the sort of the activity within those games, te nobody ever wants to go to the library at Boot Hill. You know, <laughs> they just want to shoot people. 
and it's like, well, let's just hang around until the you know the uh, the lizard Wednesday. men turn up, and um, yeah, sorry, yeah. <laughs> well, that's but surely it's either deep ones or or lizard men, or it, that's it, isn't it? That's the only that's the only Call of Cthulhu games I know. Uh, I, I it, it 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 is very very difficult. I think the neatest way is doc you, you absolutely beautifully sort of um, talked about it is that you know gathering processing. And and I think Gumshoe definitely does bring that that mechanic to the fore. I think the more your activity makes likelihood higher in terms of Squadron UK and campaign ratings, I think is is a, is a really nice, really nice mechanic. I think the other thing is whether you whether we at some stage in the future have to put in spending points. Maybe that gives you information as well that you kind of get a little bit in that Gumshoe mechanic. For, for me, I do find it very difficult to get away from. I, I am going to say Call of Cthulhu, and I'm, I'm going to say Call of Cthulhu principally because um, I think it was the sort of the, the first to try and tackle the idea of, okay, within a game mechanic, how can you show that investigation is important? Because there's, I think, there's a lot of shoehorning, and I think it was probably one of the first. Um, Possibly one of the first that sort of brought out uh, a slightly different side of role playing. It was a slightly more cerebral type of role playing. You know, when you saw library use on a character sheet, what, what the heck is this all about? Um, so I, th I think Call of Cthulhu would be my nomination. There is a couple of others that I think do really well as well. I think, um, and it, it, again, it's not one I'm overly familiar with, but I think Coriolis. Can sometimes they have a uh, there's a mechanic in there where you can pray to the runes for different types of activity and, and your preparedness and I think that boosts your ability to become sort of investigative can boost certain you know you pray to the the trickster for example and and they, that would then give you benefits when you come into either a sort of a social situation or investigatory situation so there are other games that do I do it slightly differently and take different different sort of uh, views on it but so I, I am going to go with Call of Cthulhu though because it is the first and the best and I think pretty much everybody who comes to Call of Cthulhu now anticipates you know there's probably more like to be a bit of a bit of thinking in this game than there is necessarily shooting things all the time. Although not if you play one of my games, clearly. Uh, so uh, we're going to come to the votes. Investigation. Uh, we, 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 okay, come to you first. Where do you think it best sits? And clearly you cannot vote for Gumshoe. Mm. Um, oh, this one's really hard because I always think investigation means sleuthing. And so my mind was was slightly blown by Martin's idea that absolutely investigation is part of every game. It, it, it is what you're doing. It's that exploration. Exploration equals uh, investigation. And so uh, I'm going to have to vote for uh, Martin's whatever the hell that game was because it sounded really interesting. Squ Squadron UK or Golden Heroes? Thank you. Yes, that one. Um, just because, yeah, it, it's it's more than than what you think it is, and it's something yeah. that everybody has to do. But it's interesting that it, it, within this investigatory uh, yeah. section, we've got two superhero games, where uh, you know you would have thought it'd be all about you know who can zap the furthest or hardest or whatever. Okay, so uh, Martin, lead us very nicely on to to you. No, now. that's that's you fine. Cannot vote, unfortunately. For I'm, I'm going UK, to so vote for, for the gumshoe mechanic, in the sense that. If your skill level is at a certain level, you don't need to roll to get that information. So 
just the way the investigative skills work okay. in Gumshoe. How you choose to then put numbers on those skills, whether it's Gumshoe kind of basically, you know, points allocation, really maximums, usually sort of three or four, two or three, rather. The, how we do that, I don't, mm. I don't care. But I think there should be the mechanic of your skills should automatically get the information. Some information is is important. Okay. Okay. Fabulous. Thank you. Um, uh, well, Tom, uh, what's your what's your vote? Uh, and it's a shame. I would have liked to, uh, you know, describe how you know a lot of these games help you with the info gathering and giving you the information. Um, I don't think I maybe went into enough effort to uh, mm. describe how the DC Hero helps you with the processing. But of course, that's a soft. You know, you can do that in literally any. You know, it, all of this stuff can be replicated in nearly every system uh, by when you give hints. So we're talking about mechanics. Yeah. So the fact that you can do these things. Um, you know, even D&D &D mm -hmm. has passive perception, which will say, if your passive perception is higher than this, you know, you just get this information. So um, I think I'm yeah. going to go with Gumshoe because it thought hard about it. Um, it, it, it was the best analysis at, at solving the problem. Um, though I do think an awful lot of the stuff in Gumshoe can be replicated mm. elsewhere by a, you know, a thoughtful GM. Um, uh, and obviously I love the Squadron UK stuff um, uh, because of the... But I think I love it more because of the mm -hmm. um, the way that you gain the the mechanic, rather than the mechanic itself, which is still hugely mm -hmm. dependent on what the GM wants to do with it. Um, so I think the gaining of it, brilliant, beautiful, but ultimately Gumshoe is the one that's thought about it the most. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's me. It's it's Gumshoe for the win. Uh, I'm, I'm voting for Gumshoe. I think it is absolutely, uh, absolutely the right system to uh, to use. I, I appreciating all the other bits that you talked about, but it, it, it will be. I think. I think it, it, because it is so important. I think it will be the mechanic within the game. It needs to sort of say, you know, this is this isn't such an important part of it. This is where we're going with uh, with investigation. So Gumshoe, tick, well done, and K, well, well played. If uh, I have to say. Uh, and, and again, uh, there really should be in every episode an award for the, the best contributor. And uh, and Kay, on, on your on your virgin appearance uh, for Frankenstein RPG, you you got two. You got both char characteristic stroke attribute stroke <laughs> nine by seven grid PowerPoint. <laughs> it's it's yeah. it's in there, and Good and work. Gumshoe as well. Uh, you know, I, I think episode, that that doesn't. That certainly doesn't belie uh, the uh, the uh, participation and in input from from uh, Doc and Martin because obviously it, uh, quite outstanding. I think and, and and a really really interesting split of games. I think as well. We've got your know, Hero Quest, Vampire Everywhere, Merp. Uh, clearly should have been <laughs> to you know DC Heroes, Gumshoe, Squadron UK, Call of Cthulhu. There's, there's so many. You know, I think it is good that we 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 sort of look a little bit bro more broadly. And funnily enough, I was only seeing somebody on a some sort of tweet this morning about how you know D and D was the only the be all and end all. And even though we reference D and D on a regular basis within within this pod. There are so many other games that just do things a bit more interesting, a bit more differently. Uh, it's good not to knock D&D, &D, but wow. So uh, on top of uh, character generation coming from Call of Cthulhu, social contact from the One Ring, magic from Maelstrom, initiative from the 2D20 or the Conan system, we now have 
characteristics or the base of uh, attribution of characteristics comes from vampire and uh, the investigation mechanic from gumshoe blimey how the heck are we going to knit all this together uh, I think Kay will be asking. I'll be asking you to clarify, clarify through PowerPoint for me, please. <laughs> That's okay. Always glad to do that. Although uh, I'm probably in breach of contract now for my actual employment. So, uh, yeah, uh, thank you. <laughs> thank you for making this a TED talk. <laughs> I can't believe it didn't come up. But yeah, yeah. So I, I, and I was oh, Pen sorry. Dragon, which of course. For characteristics, they just yeah. say, "Oh, forget intelligence, because that's the intelligence of the player." Uh, so, it's, so you kind of, you know, that that was because yeah. it, it made me think of it when Doc was saying about that processing of information, because uh, that, you know, that does rely on basically the yeah. player's kind of own abilities, not the characters. I've got some brilliant stuff to talk about with this, but you know, we finished now. Too late. You, you, yeah. you can't retrospectively be a genius. Yeah, because I, I was thinking, I was thinking Pendragon when I was looking at stuff, and I was like, should I look at Pendragon? And by that point, I'd already looked at all these games, and I was like, I can't be bothered. But mm. I did think <laughs> I should have a look at Pendragon, and so I'm really glad that you brought mm. it up. Actually, but there See, you go. No, the, 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 in every episode, yeah. we have to yeah. piss off at least one section of the community. So this, this Sam Sam Vale yeah. will be furious with us for not yeah. mentioning Pendragon. And so I've, I've started <laughs> Sorry, reading Sam. it. Rereading it. <laughs> I will. I will. It's it's very loosey goosey storytelling. <laughs> wow! Wow! So uh, that was episode three, Frankenstein RPG, the only game that will give you a hernia. Uh, I hope you agree a super episode uh, we should do more of these at stupid o'clock on Sunday morning uh, not only does it save Martin from overheating at the Andrew Marr show uh, but it certainly gets me out of mass so that's only a bonus uh, I will try and put Kay's presentation in the show notes but it may be best on our website so we'll get a link on there somewhere uh, and it really is worth a look so uh, we certainly had, had a, a great fun with it Listen, thank you as always for listening. Uh, you know, don't forget you can find us on Twitter at FrankensteinRPG or contact us on email, thefrankensteinRPG at gmail.com or voice messages uh, via Anchor if, if you can use the technology. Uh, if you get the time as well, please do pass the pod to other people that you think might be interested uh, or do please leave us a review on your uh, podcast provider of choice. Uh, next time we'll be looking at combat and falling forward mechanics should be good and then in the episode after that we'll have a special uh, episode entirely devoted to one topic and that's art with three absolutely top-notch artists so two more absolute corkers coming up listen many thanks and uh, we'll see you again soon bye-bye